Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best books directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with D.V. Burkham, the author of the highly entertaining Lane Basso thriller series. Her latest, Cargo, was released in August. D.V., welcome. Thank you, Stephen. You sent me a copy of the book Cargo, and I thought, whenever there's a series, I like to go back and at least read the first few chapters of the first book so I can get a sense of the character origin story. So I went back to the first book, which was Serial Date, I think, and Mm -hmm. I downloaded that, and I read the first few chapters, and I was, like, totally hooked. And so I had to read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) And then I wanted to read the two books in the middle and then get to Cargo, but I just didn't have time. So then I I did um, get to Cargo. But anyway, that's a way of saying I really like this character. I really like the way you've developed her, this this little world and the, the relationship with her daughter and... You know, the relationships that she has, some bad, some good that that populate the series. So let's let's get the thing. Let's get the ball rolling by talking about Lane herself and and give listeners a little sense of Lane's backstory, if you would. Well, uh, Lane is a former assassin for a uh, pretty much a deep undercover government agency. Um, That was kind of amorphous in the first book. Um, And she had a boss who turned out to be not so nice. And uh, she decided he had her do something. This is tough, she... isn't it? Because it's, it, there's, there's almost without, nothing yeah, you can say without giving something away from the first book or, or one of the other books. But, but <laughs> soldier on. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, she, she quit. She, she has a deep uh, feeling of, of, of uh, guilt for what she's done. You know, although she did... You know, to her credit, she did kill really bad people. She didn't go out and just kill somebody just for money. Um, it was they were terrorists and things like that. Um, so she got out of the business and moved to Seattle, and that's where we find her in serial date. Um, and then she's called to come and be a, a security expert on the reality show Serial Date, which is this big, huge reality show where a murder has taken place. Um, her backstory, basically, you get a little bit of it in Serial Day. You get a little bit more in Bad Traffic, you know, and I keep, I keep trying to dribble in more. And I'm going to do um, uh, her first, the first story, a prequel. I'm actually working on that right now mm-hmm. to explain more of what happened to her and what she did as, a, as an assassin. Well, I think it was incredibly clever to, to place the first book in the middle of this reality series, because that was really fun. It's uh, the idea of characters being killed in a reality series is not that abhorrent to a lot of people. (laughs) It was was very entertaining. Yeah, it's not that far off to what's, you know, what's actually starting to happen, you know, on television and stuff. And I just didn't think it was that far of a stretch. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. So anyway, you, you wrote the first book, and uh, then there were two more. When, what was the publication date of the first one? That was, I believe, the beginning of 2012. Okay. You, you're, you have written a lot of books in a relatively short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like that. I feel like I haven't <laughs> <written> enough. <laughs> well, there's never enough. But yeah. uh, you, you've built a very nice thriller catalog for yourself. You have another series as well. And uh, just give us a brief 
you know, 60-second idea of what that series is about. Uh, it's the Kate Jones thriller series, and it was my first, uh, the first series that I started with. Um, what it is is Kate Jones starts out making a huge mistake in her 20s um, when she's vacationing in Mexico, and the series basically follows her through the fallout to that to that series, um, to that mistake that she took or made. And um, by the time we get to Yucatan dead, she, she actually, her arc is starting to really be apparent where she's starting to turn around and fight back. Um, Cause basically she's being, she's being tracked through the whole series by a couple of pretty bad guys. So I'm guessing that's completely autobiographical because I know you spent some time in Mexico <laughs> and uh, lived on a sailboat. And, you know, there's probably all this hidden stuff about you. That's why you use uh, DV instead of your name, because the, maybe your, uh, the law enforcement agencies in Mexico are still looking for you. <laughs> uh, that would be nice, wouldn't it, right? <laughs> yeah, there's some autobiographical stuff in both of the series, but not enough to, you know... Most of it's my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get back to Cargo. Cargo is the fourth book in the Lane series. Um, there is, in Serial Date, the relationship between Lane and her daughter is not great, uh, to put right. it mildly. And by the fourth book, it's better. Right. And um, so, obviously, there's some stuff I missed in the second and third book, so I want to go back and read those to find out what happened. But uh, give us the story setup for the for the fourth book, and you know the the themes you're you're trying to uh, tackle. Uh, well, um, I find my main thing with books, especially with the Lane Basso series, is that if I if something I read something that makes me angry, uh, or or it makes me want to do something about it, I'll write about it, and I find that that helps me a lot with. Um, sorting through my feelings for it, but also I, I want to get the information out there. Um, I'm not really on a crusade or anything, but it, it, if something really affects me, then it helps me to write uh, faster, better, um, more engaging characters, that kind of thing. You have to be passionate about what you're writing, I think. And with Cargo, it, it brings together a whole bunch of my passions, which is um, anti-trafficking, you know, human, animal, endangered species, things like that. Um, and cargo itself is is it starts out as a human trafficking story, and then it kind of morphs into um, animal trafficking and endangered species, and and how other uh, how people treat animals and what they do. Uh, like there's a part in the in the series or in the book that talks about tiger bone wine, mm -hmm. and I had never heard of that before. I mean, I I kind of I guess peripherally knew about it, but I hadn't really researched it and it's where you take tigers and they actually do um quote unquote grow tigers for this you know they 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 like uh, farm raised tigers yeah farm forest <laughs> it's awful it's terrible um but they also the the wild ones are the ones that are that command the most money and so what they do is they take the tigers they obviously they kill them and then they soak their bones in rice wine and plum wine and the longer they soak in the wine, the more, the stronger the medicine apparently is. And then they sell those, that wine as um, remedies for all sorts of things. And to me, that's just the mo one of the most abhorrent things that you can do. I just, I, you know, it's, 
taking a, a gorgeous, magnificent animal. I'm so partial to big cats. I love them. Mm-hmm. Um, that I just, you know, it really affected me. Then I read, uh, researched about canned hunting, um, which is uh, in, in South Africa. They have some places called uh, hunting farms, I guess you would call it, where they bring up lions from when they're cubs and then they become human habituated. And then they, when they get too old to be like in petting zoos and things like that, they take them out and they, they charge hunters or people, I don't know if they're really hunters, <laughs> you know, twenty-five to $50,000 a person to shoot these animals in a pen. And one day I was doing the research for cargo and I clicked on a cell phone video uh, on the site and actually saw one of them. And that made me so angry. I, I wrote a blog post about it. I put it into the book. I did all this, you know, all this information. Um, and it came out about the blog post came out about the time that Cecil, the mm-hmm. lion in, in uh, Africa was, was shot. So that was, it was kind of prescient. And the human trafficking aspect of it has always, I've always been very interested in that, um, especially, uh, well, not just sex trafficking, but um, trafficking just to, to get people in for cheap labor and things like that, and how these people are being exploited. And, and so I, I put that into the books. But the overarching reason for writing these books is to entertain people, obviously. And so I do it in as entertaining of a way as I can. So that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of the in a nutshell cargo. I okay. Guess. All right. So l- let me add a little bit to that. There's the the book begins in California. She's still in California. Lane's still in California, and then she takes off halfway around the world, gets herself into a situation, winds up on a ship, and meets up with a fellow who she works with. Uh, throughout the rest of the book. And he has some interesting insights. And I know this is you coming out as the author, some of these things that that he says. But I, I'm, I'm reading some of the things. You mentioned the uh, tiger bone wine. And there are a number of items like that that are in there that in some parts of the world, people believe these things actually have some value. And, you know, Lane might say, this is crazy. Why would anyone believe something like this? And then the guy, I can't remember his name, I'm sorry. But Derek. Derek Derek would explain it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that was interesting because I learned quite a bit from that. And and there are some horrific things that are are (sighs) going on that you kind of shine a light on uh, in the book while telling a very entertaining story. And that's why we read books like this is, you know, it, it's one thing to just be entertained and to sit back and go on a thrill ride. It's another thing to get to the end of it and feel like you know more than you did when you started reading the book. And, and that's sort of the sense I get in reading your books. So kudos to you for that. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad you think that. <laughs> An- another one of the things that's interesting in the books, in the series, is that, as you mentioned, Lane is an assassin. And for for people who are listening, Lane is spelled L-E-I-N-E, and I had the worst time with that. And you know, you, in the first book, you, you go into some detail about how it's pronounced, but I couldn't bring myself to pronounce it that way. I finally, finally got it all sorted out in my mind. <laughs> but anyway, Lane's an assassin. She's good with weapons. Um, she shoots them. She does these things. She's, she has a great deal of experience with this. And I think to myself, 
how does this author know all this stuff? And then I see that you just got back from the Writer's Police Academy. So can you share with us what the Writer's Police Academy is, why you went, and the kind of things you learned there? Oh, it was a fabulous conference, and, and if, you, if you write any kind of crime, uh, mystery, anything like that, you really should go because it's, it's a hands-on, um, uh, it's got some fantabulous uh, presenters, world-known world presenters. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, the brainchild of Lee Laughlin, who used to be uh, in law enforcement, and he has a blog called The Graveyard Shift. And uh, it's now in its seventh year, I believe. And they just moved to this brand spanking new uh, facility in Wisconsin. Um, it's a public safety, the Fox Valley Technical College Public Safety Center, I think is what they call it. And it's brand new. They've got a little uh, faux city. They've got an airliner in the backyard. They've got a <laughs> tanker, you know, that's, that's basically uh, derailed. They've got... Uh, it just amazing amounts of, of training. It's a great training facility for emergency personnel. And um, it was a three-day jam-packed weekend. I mean, it was, it was fantastic um, uh, speakers, like I was talking about. Um, I got to do a thing called Milo Shoot or Don't Shoot, which is where you stand in front of a screen with a a laser gun that has the same heft as a, a regular gun. Mm-hmm. And they run scenarios by you where they have people running at you with a gun or, or they're going to shoot you or they run at you with a knife or whatever. And you have to decide whether you would shoot or not um, as if you were a law enforcement officer because you have to show that you were threatened or under threat. And there were a couple of scenes that I didn't feel that threatened, but my partner did and she went ahead and shot. And <laughs> she actually was right. But, oh, really? You know, okay. Yeah, which was really interesting. Because I was like, well, he's, he's, he, uh, anyway. See, this, this goes back to you living in Mexico and you really are these people you write about. It's like, you know, somebody coming at you with a knife or a gun. It's like, eh, I, I don't even need a weapon to take care of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> my, my, some of my favorite, um, uh, courses there, I guess, is, is where the hands-on where you're shooting a rifle or you're shooting a, doing the Milo or your uh, blood spatter class was awesome. It had all this DNA information and how they collect the information. And um, uh, I learned so many things uh, that will go, that will definitely seep into my books, you know, I'm sure. Um, and I got a, a, I always respected law enforcement, but I really had a, a much more, uh, a better working of what they have to go through um, when they're out on the streets. Um, and they're confronted with someone who might have a weapon, who does have a weapon. Um, and also, you know, I don't watch television that much. And um, I know a lot of people watch CSI Miami and CSI New York and all that. And I guess the reason that they put this Writers Police Academy on is because when people would get to uh, trial, it would be hard to uh, convince the jury because the jury was thinking that CSI was correct. <laughs> and they would think that they could get these DNA uh, uh, results so quickly or, or whatever, you know, and what they're trying, what these people are trying to do is tell you, Hey, you got to write it to get it right. You don't want to perpetuate the, the stuff that really doesn't happen. Not yet. Anyway. I mean, mm-hmm. they're working on a lot of this stuff, but, but it was really eye opening and, and, uh, and f- just fantastic for writers to go to that. It's interesting that that you mentioned some of the TV shows. In in TV, you've only got I don't know what is it, uh, forty eight minutes or something to tell right. the story. You can't you can't 
you have to skip over some things. But Correct. when you've got 300 pages, you, you, you need to get that right. And there are readers who know this stuff, and they'll definitely call you out on it if you get it wrong. Oh, boy. Yes, they will. <laughs> <laughs> well, D.V. Burkham, what is the best way for people to keep up with you and what you're doing? Uh, well, I have a website and a blog. My website is www.dvburkham.com, and then my website or my blog is uh, dvburkham.wordpress.com. And Burkham is B-E-R-K-O-M. Yes, M as in Mary. And your books are available where? Just about anywhere online. Um, you can you can get them. A lot of libraries have them. Barnes and Noble, Amazon, some of the indie bookstores. That kind of stuff. Okay. Well, this has been fun. I have really enjoyed your books. I I can't recommend them enough. So, it, listeners out there, if you like this kind of thrillerish stuff focused on a former assassin who really only killed bad people, um, <laughs> I can't, they are fun, really fun books. And uh, I I started from the beginning, then went to the middle or went to the end. Now I'm going back to the middle. Uh, So I I want to read the entire series, and I'm curious about the other series as well. So I'm going to look into that as well. Thank you so much for being here today. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I I enjoyed myself. This is Stephen Campbell for CrimeFiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.CrimeFiction.fm. If you do stop by the site, please sign up for the email list. I send out an email each Friday with a summary of the week's interviews. It's the best way to keep up with what we're doing and to be sure you don't miss out on great new books like Cargo from D.V. Burkham. Thanks for listening.